Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar. And we have with us in the line, Alex Maffeo, the founder and CEO at Boost Insurance. Welcome, Alex. Hi, Julie. Thanks for having me. So, Alex, tell us, what are you giving insurance a boost? How, how is this working? <laughs> sure. So, I can give you a quick background of really how we got here because um, there was some personal motivation to starting Boost. Um, I spent the last 10 years or so uh, in the venture capital world, and I was, I was focused on investing in early stage and, and growth stage uh, technology companies in the financial services industry. And one of my main areas of focus was, were companies that were innovating in the insurance industry. And, you know, my my investment experience kind of ranged from both, you know, your traditional sleepy insurance investments. Um, and then more recently, this whole wave of innovation um, started happening uh, in the insure tech world. And you, you saw you know, a whole batch of uh, really talented um, technology-focused entrepreneurs um, investing a lot of time, energy, and, and brain power in the insurance industry for the first time, basically ever. Um, I think what they saw was, you know, a really huge, slow-moving, low-tech industry that was uh, ripe for, at minimum, uh, improvement, um, but at at most, uh, actual disruption. And you know, in our experience at, at the at the VC firm I was at, we we had a lot of actual insurance experience. So we were pretty well positioned, we thought, to take advantage of early stage opportunities. We, we understood uh, both the technology component, but also, and most importantly, the, the insurance aspect of things. So we started really actively deploying early stage capital uh, in insure tech startups. And the one main barrier to entry and the one main cultural misalignment uh, was the the lack of access to these things called license paper and and balance sheet capacity um, for insure tech entrepreneurs to to really prove their concepts out. Um, it, you know, insurance is a highly regulated industry, um, rightfully so, and it's really dominated by a lot a lot of very large, very old uh, organizations. Um, so, in order to actually get to market as a startup, especially if you're focused on you know the distribution or any kind of customer facing. Um, uh, business models. It, it requires partnership with um, fully licensed insurance carriers and and balance sheet providers. Um, so there's a there's a natural misalignment with a, a startup that needs to really move fast, um, iterate quickly, um, sometimes fail fast, um, and these large naturally risk averse uh, entities. So it's really really difficult to get to market um, as an insure tech startup. So we identified this as Probably the number one need in the market right now um, to have you know, a fast, nimble, uh, technology-first insurance company uh, in the industry to really uh, support these insure tech startups and, and help them succeed. And that was basically where the idea was born. We wanted to to build from scratch a loosely defined insurance company uh, that put all of the pieces together on the back end that you would need uh, to launch your new uh, insure tech brand. Um, so we, we set out on that little journey of ours about just a year and a half ago, two years ago, 
um, we incubated it at the we incubated the concept at at my at my VC firm, and then we raised uh, outside capital back in in August and spun it out as its own operating company. And that's when I left uh, to run it full time. Um, so we're we're here now. We actually have some recent milestones that we're pretty proud of, um, and we're really getting ready to uh, to kind of hit the gas on these insure tech partners and 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 get them up and running. You want to share with us some of those milestones that you're talking about? Sure, sure. So. Um, like I said, the, the the number one barrier to entry really is is access to uh, this thing called paper and this thing called capacity, and that's um, both a you know a capital uh, necessity. So the, the the capacity is basically the uh, the funds that are available to uh, to pay out claims. So if you get in a car accident, um, you file a claim, and you need somebody to actually uh, pay for those damages. On the back end, that's whoever the capacity provider is. Um, and all of that capital has to flow through an entity that's that's called an insurance carrier, and that's the paper aspect of things. So that's the actual insurance policy itself that gets filed with the respective states and is the highly regulated entity in this industry. Um, so what we did was we put together what's called an MGA, a managing general agency, um, which is just an insurance agency. Uh, we're doing it purely digitally, though. And we are now appointed by a fully licensed insurance carrier uh, called State National. We've been putting, we've spent the last year or so putting together um, what's called a, a reinsurance facility. So it's it's a group of uh, both reinsurance companies and and hedge funds that are the ultimate balance sheet bearing the risk on the insurance. So that's basically the core insurance infrastructure that you need um, to get to market. Like traditionally, it's you know a mom and pop. Uh, insurance agency, you go go to their office and ask them for auto insurance. But we're doing this purely digitally, and the way that this structure works um, is that we essentially can now appoint uh, new insure tech startups as our own agents. Um, so they basically we put together the full back end, and they can plug into us and and have access to, to all of the things that they need to get to market. Um, so that was a really really uh, Difficult conversation to have with some of the folks in the reinsurance industry because these these entities they tend to be really risk specific. Um, they they only like certain types of insurance risks, so they only like you know auto insurance risk, or they only like homeowners insurance risk. They have you know geographic limitations. You name it, they have very tight investment guidelines on that side. Um, so our pitch was basically um, we there's this thing happening in the startup world. Um, these insure tech entrepreneurs are out there. They're doing really great things. Um, and we want to be able to support them in, in every way possible. Um, but but the problem is we don't know exactly what type of insurance they want to write. And so we went through this whole process of talking to these extremely risk-averse, uh, risk-specific companies and and them being like, hey, so what are you actually going to do? And us being like, we don't really know. Um, and it was like a surprisingly, it was a surprisingly, diff- not so surprising if you've been in the industry, but it was a pretty, uh, it was extremely difficult to get anybody to really buy into that. Um, but we have, so we announced a couple weeks ago uh, a reinsurance facility that's dedicated to Boost sp- uh, specifically uh, to support insure tech startups. And we got three uh, like world-renowned uh, insurance and reinsurance companies to to participate on it. and. One is a, a company called uh, Nafila. Nafila is is a you probably you wouldn't have heard about it. They they, they kind of sit in the background at, on the capital side, uh, but they're you know an eleven billion dollar hedge fund that invests only in insurance related risks. Uh, we have a company called uh, Markel, which is uh, both an insurance and reinsurance company uh, that's really well respected in the industry. Uh, specifically uh, with supporting specialty insurance products. So that's the weird stuff in insurance, right? Those are like the, the niche needs 
that require um, a lot of creativity um, and you know a little bit of uh, a little larger of a risk appetite um, for unusual insurance products. And then we have a company called uh, Renaissance Re, which is a double A rated uh, you know global reinsurer um, that does basically you name it they they, they reinsure it. So these are really First of all, they're they're all huge companies. So for them to to trust Boost and and support Boost and partner with us is, is a huge validator for our concept here, um, and it's a testament to them as being you know innovators in in their own right on on the capital side of this business. So it took a really long time, and there were there were other paths to market that would have been easier for us, but we wanted to make sure that that we had the flexibility and and the support that we needed to. Uh, to be that kind of first stop shop for any insurance entrepreneur who's looking to do something cool and different. Very cool. So I guess let's now go into a little bit about the Boost platform. Sure, sure. Yeah, so the the Boost platform is about, uh, you know, it's 50-50 as being analog and technology. So um, the analog pieces, uh, the analog pieces of the platform are what I just kind of described. That's our agency um, plus our carrier partner, plus our reinsurers on the back end. So it's the the licenses, the paper, and the and the capacity. So that's those those analog components of our platform are arguably just as valuable as the as the technology components. So it was important for us to put those together and not just be a technology company. Um, and it was important for us to not just put those things together and actually be a technology enabled company. So um, the two parallel tracks we've been running uh, internally here with our own um, building the foundation for our own company was putting those analog pieces together and then also building our own technology platform that would be able to serve these uh, insurtech startups. So um, the, the number one problem in, in the market is, is the go-to-market timeline. So it takes the average like 24 months uh, for you to get to market with this like an agency business model in, in the insurtech world. Um, the, bottom, the main bottleneck for that is, is access to paper and capacity. However, um, if you're lucky enough to kind of endure that that marathon go to market timeline you are rewarded by the ta- with the task of having to integrate with like horrendous technology systems and <laughs> i mean the insurance industry is probably you know 20 years behind the banking industry so I, I i come from the fintech world so i'm intimately familiar with the problems on the banking side um but the insurance industry is is far far worse <laughs> for lack of a better word um so we have this thing there's this thing called a, a policy administration system, policy admin system, um, and that's the, the the core technology in insurance. It's uh, what powers uh, the quoting process. So when you go online and and you input your information, you get your insurance quote. Um, then when you go into like a full uh, application process, you actually get these these rates, these rating algorithms that you have to compute uh, in order to determine what your what your actual premium would end up being. And then they have to actually issue those policies and, and send them out to you and, 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 and the like. Um, it sounds simple, but it's actually really complicated. And they, they about in the, probably the 80s and 90s, they built, the, they built most of these, these systems, and they really haven't uh, innovated on that side at all, really, since then. And there's a couple of different industry-wide uh, data reporting standards um, that are extremely old, extremely old, like you know decades. And so if you want to actually integrate and partner with a uh, an insurance carrier, chances are you're going to have to build your systems around these really archaic uh, data standards. Um, they come with like 400 page manuals um, with like, you know, 
thousands of data fields that you don't actually really even need to use. And it's just a horrendous, horrendous process. So you're looking at either doing one of two things, and that's um, building your own system, your bare bones kind of like agency management system, and then making sure that it's compatible with these really old uh, core systems on the back end, which will take you months and you know, however many engineers uh, to accomplish that. Um, or you can buy one of the you know, off-the-shelf policy admins, um, and those are prohibitively expensive. Um, there's a couple big players out there that, that, that dominate the market, um, and they're just extremely expensive, and the backlogs are months long too, and they'll hit you up for every you know, type of configuration fee or whatever, and it's just not, it's not a user-friendly way. Um, uh, to go about doing it. So what we wanted to do was build our own version of that that was uh, highly configurable, um, but also built inside-out um, API-driven system that was targeting developers specifically. So we wanted to make sure all of our target customers, these insure tech uh, startups, they all have extremely competent engineering teams and development teams. Um, they don't want to be beholden to us and our engineers and how quickly we can configure our systems around their program. Um, so we open it up to them, and they can configure our systems around their program themselves. So you basically work at your own pace. Um, and our systems are just orders of magnitude better than what you'll find out there, and it's just far simpler to integrate with. So we wanted to reduce the go-to-market timeline uh, for these insurtechs, both from you know, a business and partnership perspective, uh, but also from a technology integration perspective. And, and the way that we've built these systems makes, makes sure that we are, we are sharing all data uh, in real time uh, with these folks. So anything that they need to see or want to see, uh, they're receiving in real time just right, just right along with us. Um, so it's not something that you have to like pick up the phone if you're partnered with you know, like Nationwide. You don't have to like pick up the phone and call your rep at Nationwide and say, hey, can we get our claims data from six months ago? Um, it's just something that just automatically hits your systems when they hit ours. And, you know, with something that's so complicated on the back end, you know, just presenting it in a simple way is already going to put you above and beyond any competitors. Yeah, I would say, so there's one thing that, <laughs> the one caveat with insurance when you're talking about the, the U.S. market is the regulatory complexity here is so insane that I can't even begin to describe it. It's, it's, there's no federal regulation or oversight of, of insurance. It's all, it's all uh, state by state. So every single state uh, you deal with has their own set of regulations. And, and the variability That's between crazy. them is... I know it's incredible. So when we think about, and this is all, this all happens just from a, one, from a business perspective, but again, two, from a, a technology perspective and how we code our stuff and how we program um, how certain tasks are, are, uh, are conducted. But if you do you know, a multi-state program for, you know, the, the worst one, personal auto, it's the most highly regulated. There are certain, there are so many little idiosyncrasies between the states uh, from a regulatory perspective that it's a nightmare to configure. So there are certain states that, for whatever reason. So maybe one state will require that the actual policy itself be mailed to each policyholder. Um, but then it will only, you can, you, but, but then you can email like a renewal notice. You don't actually have to mail the, the renewal notice or vice versa or any, and every single state has these like kind of crazy uh, variances between them. So it's, it's insanely, insanely, insanely complicated. Um, so if you, if you add that on top of the, the nightmare of, of, Getting a partnership with the with a carrier that'll let you kind of have a little bit of flexibility, a little bit of control over your program, uh, plus the state by state variance. Um, we just don't want entrepreneurs to have to deal with that stuff. You know, it's it's horrible admin cost. Um, you're gonna take it's gonna take you six months to even figure out what you need to do, let alone actually pulling it off. 
So what we try to do is just take the entire back end of insurance. That's the that's the agency, the paper, the capacity, and the uh, the regulatory compliance, um, and wrap it in a, a really slick API driven technology sim. So uh, I mean, really, you know, I don't I'm, I'm I come from the VC world, so I get I got really sick of hearing like the we are the this of that. You know, we are the you know Uber <laughs> of taco trucks, <laughs> but but really yeah. um, the way that we're kind of mirroring. Our value proposition is is more or less what like Amazon Web Services or uh, things like data storage and host and stuff like that. Whereas basically, uh, they took servers and and data storage and, and things like that, things that you would have to get to you would you would need in order to get to market um, as a technology company, uh, and they just basically wrapped it up into a package. They they bought all those things themselves and they wrapped it into a nice little API. And instead of you know a small uh, small business or a you know, startup technology company having to go and buy those servers themselves and deal with the maintenance of them and have the admin costs associated with all of that, you could just plug into AWS and, and you're in market. So uh, that's kind of how we're comping it uh, you know, for, to, another, to another industry. So just wrap it up into, wrap all the crap that nobody wants to deal with <laughs> in the insurance <laughs> industry and, and let them, you know, focus on, on the consumer and, and improving that experience and everything else on the front end. What do you think... Navigating these complicated waters and and having to deal with so many different and unique situations, what is one of the biggest lessons you've learned by working in this space? Um, patience <laughs> is probably one of the the, the biggest lessons I have learned. Um, so I would say this industry it moves extremely quickly. So you have to you have to manage your expectations and be patient. Um, it is it can be really really frustrating. And I'm a, I'm a first time entrepreneur. Like I, I was on the other side of the table. Um, so the stakes are high for me, and this is much a much different lifestyle and risk profile than I'm than I'm used to. So I like to move fast. I, I like to be aggressive and work at my own pace. It's something that you you absolutely just cannot do in this industry. Really, there are certain immovable objects. There are certain processes. You just have to you have to take your time and take kind of a marathon approach to it. No matter how much it's how much it frustrates, it's at least been an attitudinal adjustment that I've had to make. Um, even though <laughs> some of the partners that, that I talk to, they they would rather me not call so often. But um, so I would say patience <laughs> definitely a virtue that I was not born with, but I'm 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 hopefully learning. Patience is always something you can implement more in your life. I feel like no matter how good you are at it, you you could always use more. <laughs> I could use a lot of it. So Alex, what is the best way for people to find out? More information to check out, you know, the services you have to offer. What's the best way to keep in touch? So, yep, you can go to our, our website, which is just www.boostinsurance.io. Um, you can you can find us on Twitter at, at Boost Insurance, um, and you can just hit the contact us page uh, on our web, on our website, and somebody will respond to you. I promise you. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Alex, thank you so much for joining us here on Future Tech Podcast today, and kind of shedding some light on this very complicated problem that a lot of us don't have to deal with, but if you do, it's good to know there's someone who is solving that problem. I will do our best. <laughs> that was Alex Maffeo. He is the founder and CEO at Boost Insurance. This has been Juliet Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review, to discover more future technologies, that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.